Hello, happy Friday. Good, good morning. Oh my goodness. Hi, Pepper. Hi, Lisa. I wish you guys were here with me. Wouldn't that be fun if we were just all together? That would be better, I think. Anyway, okay, here's the deal. We're just going to dive right in. Um, I, I want to continue talking about worship. It's just kind of a hot topic. It's what's on God's mind. Hi, honey. And um, and so I want to continue talking about that because I think that the more we talk about it, the more we discover, right? Is anybody else like that? The more that, you know, it's like that thing where, you know, you get a new car and then suddenly everybody has the same car everywhere you go. It's like that. So the more that, that we we talk about worship, the more we're going to have understanding about what it is because we're searching it out. So that's that's the key is are we searching things out? It's the glory of God to conceal a matter the glory of kings to search it out. So let's put on our kingly crowns and get to searching. So I want to go to Psalm 87 and I'm going to read this in the Passion Translation. And um, it, it, this is God talking about his, his holy mountains. And it says, um, we're just going to read the whole thing. It's a very short Psalm. Um, High upon his hills of holiness stands God's city. And another translation, it actually says the Lord loves I'm sorry, that his foundations are in his holy mountains. <coughs> Excuse me. His foundations are in his holy mountains. So as I read this, I started thinking, because I read it in a couple different translations, and I was like, wait, what does that mean? Why is he referring to it as, in, in plural form, his mountains? I've always considered Zion to be a mountain, and all of a sudden it has become mountains. And so I think that this is fascinating, because when we are considering worship right now, we're considering how are we ascending? How are we entering into the space of the Lord? How are we entering into the Father's house, even, which is been a huge emphasis for us is like, what does the father's house look like? Well, it turns out that um, his foundations are in his holy mountains. Who is his holy mountains? Us. We are, we are his holy mountains. Any place where he can set up his government, establish his throne becomes his holy mountains. And so we need to start reconsidering what this all looks like. I think so often we, we think of these spaces as far off, something to accomplish and something to ascend. And I'm not saying that it's not because we've done it. We, we have ascended into, into spaces um, of realms even. And so I'm not negating that, but I am saying like, let's not overcomplicate this. For years now, I have considered the space within myself as galactic. Anybody else? Anybody else ever think like that? Where it's like, oh my gosh, like my insides are galactic. So I'm starting to like really examine that a little bit more closely and wondering like, oh my gosh, I this is all taking place within. Yes, I am in Christ, which enables the, my inner world to become his holy mountain where he establishes his throne. And so we have to, this is where we have to, to learn to, um, to, for our spirit to reign over our soul because our soul wants to complicate things, which is fine because honestly, this is how we're capable of investigating because our soul is so complex, but we, we have to let our spirit rule and reign over our soul. So it doesn't get so complicated. Like, oh my gosh, how do I even get into the presence of God? 
is he even close, right? Like anybody else been there where you're like in the whiny mode and you're like, I don't even feel you. And I, I, I'm not really making fun of you. That's a very real thing <laughs> where I know that we, we feel like God is distant at there's a distance between us and God at, at times, but let's read on high upon his, his hills of holiness stands God's city. So when we say things like that, I want you to change your mind and see yourself in that high upon his hills of holiness stands God's city in you, right? How God loves the gates of Zion, his favorite place on earth. Now, these scriptures can mean many things. We know scripture is so layered and there is revelation upon revelation vested in every line. But for the sake of this conversation and worship and understanding where this space is, let's look at this a little bit differently. How God loves the gates of Zion, his favorite place on the earth is you. And when you when you contrast this with the cross, doesn't it just make sense? Why would God have separated himself and taken on flesh, become us, if there wasn't something worthy for him to gain, right? Like we are his gain. We are what he's after. So when we say, and this is one of my favorite lines, you know it, that the the lamb of God is worthy to receive the reward of his suffering. We are that reward. But here's the deal. He speaks in terms of mountains because he is expectant. He's looking for the loftiest piece of us, the loftiest parts of our existence. Right? Can you see that? Yes. Oh gosh. I love that too. Yes, Pepper, you are his favorite place on earth. Been there, kind of am there. Yes, Lisa. It was actually our conversation last night that kind of like spurred this, this thought on for me. So thank you for that. I, I love it when people are are willing to be honest about what it is that they're feeling and where they, they, they feel they're at because it, it just opens up opportunity, right? For us to really investigate scenarios when we're dishonest and we're like, play make-believe like everything is hunky-dory and all things are are going well, then there's nothing to investigate, right? So let's just be real with each other. Anyway, we haven't gotten very far. Um, So many glorious things have been complained, proclaimed rather. So many glorious things have been proclaimed over Zion, God's holy city. For the Lord says, here are the nations who will acknowledge me as God, Egypt, Iraq, Palestine and the Mediterranean people, even distant Ethiopia. Okay. I love this for (laughs) so many reasons, but the one that I want to emphasize is like, we know that, that the, the religions that come out of some of these places that, that he is saying that, um, these are the nations that are going to acknowledge me. We look at the the religions that come out of these spaces and we instantly think, oh, they're, they're antichrist, right? But God is like, these are the very nations that are going to acknowledge me. So here again, we have to change our minds about what it is that God is doing, what he's capable of doing. And for those of us that are like, I'm so far away from God, you know, I've done this, this and that. I don't even know if, you know, he likes me anymore. Well, look at the way that he acknowledges these nations who haven't necessarily represented who he is. 
right? So we have to change our minds about things. And it starts here first. We have to start regarding ourselves as a holy space. Um, I don't know if I shared this on, on this broadcast or if it was in church. I don't know. I can't keep track of things anymore. Um, but I was on a, a basketball trip a couple of weeks ago. And on my way home, we were we were driving down the highway. And on each side, we, we live in a very hilly part of, of Kansas, but we were in Nebraska, but it was the same. It's just like a lot of rolling hills. And there was just like on each side, almost like these bluffs. And, um, and as we passed between these two hilly spaces, it, it was like, God was just like showing me these angels that were arcing over the, the highway that we were on. And he just began to talk to me about being his ark. Now, like I, I have become his place of covenant. I am his ark of, of a covenant. He has taken up residence in me. So in the same way that he did way back in the days of, um, in the days of old, in the days of, of Israel roaming around um, and, and trying to figure out what are we going to do with this ark where God's presence is? I have become that. You have become that. And, and so it really changes the way that, that I think about things and that I am housing his glory. I am a glory dispenser and, and I am surrounded. He has, he has seraphim arched up over the top of who I am, protecting his glory, his presence in me. This is amazing. Say it. I am a glory dispenser. That's what's true of us. We are glory dispensers. I don't even know where I was. They will all boast, I was born in Zion. But over Zion, it will be said, the mighty man was born there and he will establish it. For the God most high will truly bless Jerusalem. And when he counts her citizens, recording them in his registry, he will write by their name, this one was born again here. Do you love that? I love that. Let's read it again. Starting in verse five. But over Zion, it will be said, the mighty man was born there and he will establish it. For the God most high will truly bless Jerusalem. And when he counts her citizens, recording them in his registry, he will write by their name, this one was born again here. And the princes of God's feasts will sing and dance, singing every fountain of delight springs up from your life within me. We're going to read that one again too. Every fountain of delight springs up from your life within me. How often are we in disagreement with God because we do not believe that that's what's true? It says it right here in Psalm 87, every fountain of delight springs up from your life within me. We have a belief issue and we are not going to be able to enter into ascended places, which again, when he's considering us, his holy space, his mountain, He's wanting us to peak. He's wanting us to be at the highest space within ourselves. And it's there that the fountain of delights will spring up within us, that we will, we will know this to be true. Don't you want that? Aren't you after that? In order to get there, we have to stop negating truth. We have to know firmly 
This is what truth is, that his fountain of delights are springing up within me. I am his Ark of Covenant. He's taken up full residence within me. I I think that, that our idea, I think that we've made so much about encounter, about um, having like out-of-body experiences that um, that when, when we're actually having an encounter here within this place of the Ark of Covenant, that, that we diminish it, that we make it less than because we're after what it is that has been put on display. And, and, and honestly, can I just be very real with you, has been embellished a little bit when, when, when people are um, going on and on about the, the spaces of glory and this and that that they've encountered. I know full well that some of that gets em- embellished. And what we need to make much of is the fact that he has taken up residence within me because that's what he paid for right? Like he paid a brutal price to be able to call me home, right? Like we have become his new address. Now, I am not suggesting that we shouldn't have encounters outside of self, okay? I just want to draw attention back to and create some normality in experiencing him in the mundane, experiencing him just like this, just right here in this space, in, in this body. There is nothing that is less than about experiencing him right here, right here in my flesh. There's nothing that is less than about that. It, it, there is, it is not, I, I this is okay. I, I know I'm probably not saying this right, try to like lean into my heart here a little bit and, and and understand what it is that I'm getting at. I just, I think that so often we, we diminish our earthly experience because of the testimonies that are fabulous. They're fantastic. The, the testimonies of what it's like to ascend and what it's like to, to be in spaces of glory outside of this, this, this space of earth, right? The space of creation. It is, it's not any less than, yes, I am God's address. We also should examine our motive. Yes. For desiring encounter. I agree with that wholeheartedly, Pepper. I I think that, that right now God is, well, I know that God is in this retraining mode. He's wanting to retrain us. And, and I really think that he is, he is pulling out from under us the, the things that, that we have really leaned into that lack integrity and, and and wanting wanting us to be more sure and more and have a greater footing in truth, and um, that's going to require us to dive more deeply into Scripture to to know Him in in a deeper fashion to have hunger created in us and not just going after you know the next greatest testimony that that we've heard and again i'm not negating testimony testimony is powerful and and we need it we need to be bold in testifying about what it is but here's here's my problem with the majority of the testimonies that that we are hearing is they are they are encounter of things in spaces that aren't actually affecting 
the things on the earth. And when I'm reading the gospels, when I'm reading the heart of Jesus, when he's walking the earth, his desire was that the earth would encounter what the heavenlies hold. And so if we are all going after these, these encounters in the heavenlies and we only stay there and we only testify about that, we are actually seeing the manifestation of the reality of heaven on earth. And that's what we need to go after. Is this, is this making sense? I, I hope that it's making sense. It makes sense in my brain and in my spirit I just, I want us to, to be sure that we're going after the appropriate things, that, that we're not just ascending for, for the experience, to be able to blab about our encounter at our next, you know, community meeting. I want to make sure that we're affecting creation because that's our job. So we have to rightly see ourselves. And I'm not saying do not ascend. Please do not misunderstand me. Ascend. Experience all the things. But ask the right questions. God, why are you encountering me in this way? What in this encounter are you wanting me to release on the earth? And how do I do it? We are so impressed with our ability to encounter and we stop there. It's the same way when we've been talking about, we're so impressed with our ability to shift, but then we're satisfied with the shift. And I just don't want us to stop short because God actually has a desire for his glory to be released through us. It's to come from us to affect all of creation. And I, I don't know about you, but I want to see transformation on the earth. I want to see transformation in me. I want to see transformation in you. I, I, I want people set free. And that's only going to happen when we are, we are encountering and releasing. We, I think that kind of in our, our platform Christianity, there's also a, a an intense selfishness where, um, and honestly, I just think it's prideful where we, we're, we're having all of these encounters and then we only talk about the in, encounters and yes, we're provoking jealousy in one another, but I don't know that we're creating sustained hunger in one another. And that's really what we need. We need sustained hunger. Hey, jump over to Colossians three with me. I want to read through this. I think that it's really important that that we we take things that are from the Old Testament and then pull them into the New Testament to, for a better understanding because um, the writers of the New Testament did such a glorious job at breaking down Old Testament truths on the foundation of the cross, right? And and so um, let's, I, I just want to read through chapter three. I, I probably won't get very far before I need to stop and like talk about something, but here we go. Um, if therefore, we're in Colossians chapter three, if therefore you were raised together with Christ, seek the things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Again, I want to, I want to bring back the idea that he's calling us mountains. He's calling us the, the mountain of the Lord, right? Like he, 
he, he, his dwelling is in us. And um, so when, when he's saying to seek the things which are above, I want you to, to start thinking about how do I ascend into the peak of self? How do I ascend to this high place where he is in me? Okay. Set your mind on the things which are above, not on the things which are on the earth. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, our life is manifested, then you also will be manifested with him in glory. I love that line. When Christ, our life is manifested, then you also will be manifested with him in glory. I love that. I love the word manifested. There are two words that get me like super excited. It's manifested and majesty. (laughs) I love those two words. Verse five, put to death, therefore, your members, which are on the earth. I love this language. So let's, let's think about this in terms of a mountain. The, the, if we are, if we are a mountain of the Lord, our base sits, right? It sits as members on the earth and we don't want to live there, right? We want to live in in the high spaces. We want to be able to set our minds on the things that are in this high space. And remember you're galactic. Say it. I am galactic. That's fun too. Um, Put to death, therefore your members, which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and greediness, which is idolatry, because of which things the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. We, we don't want to be sons of disobedience, in which you also once walked when you lived in these things. But now you also put away all these things, wrath, anger, malice, blasphemy, foul, abusive language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his practices. I love that. And have have put on the new man, which is being renewed unto full knowledge according to the image of him who created him. I want to highlight that word renewed. Okay. Put on the new man, which is being renewed. Um, that is something that is ongoing, right? We are being renewed. We move from glory to glory. We move from faith to faith. So could you please cut yourself a little slack? You are being renewed. We are being transformed. It is not a, it's not a one and done deal. We don't ascend one time and encounter the Lord and ta-da! right? That's not how it works. We're being renewed. And I love that. I love that that's how he set it up because here's the deal. That's where testimony is powerful. That's where testimony has such a a hand in in this game of of being renewed, of being transformed, of, of moving from glory to glory, faith to faith, is even in my conversation with my friend Lisa last night, her testimony was, I I don't feel him right now. That's opportunity, guys. 
So let's not just think of testimony as this grandiose thing. Let's also look at testimony as opportunity where like, I, this is my testimony. It's, it's the most real thing I've got right now. I don't feel God. That was opportunity for us to be like, well, let's do something about it. What do you want to do about it? Do you want to feel God? And, and, and what can you do to start practicing feeling God? What, what are small things that you can do to press into feeling God? Because God wants to be felt. Let's just be honest. I do not want us to get into this ridiculous lie that God does not want to be experienced. There are things that enter into our existence, into our reality that keep us from experiencing God. Perhaps we're just too busy. Perhaps there's, you know, things occupying our mental space that, that keep us from experiencing God, but he wants to be experienced. And so we are being renewed unto full knowledge, according to the image of him who created where verse 11, where there cannot be Greek and Jew, circumcision and uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free man, but Christ is all and in all. And for me, this is like super hopeful. I, I think that for us to, you know, we, we know in Revelation 19, it says, or 21, 19, 19, 21, I always get that confused, that the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. And that there's an obligation on that. We don't just get to use that to um, to puff ourselves up that, oh, the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy and I can prophesy, blah, blah, blah. No, this actually means that we take scriptures like this, where it says that Christ is all and in all. And we put on the testimony of Jesus Christ so that we can rightly see. We know that in Isaiah 11, when, when um, Jesus is being described of what he would look like, look for this. It says that he would not judge by what his eyes see or what his ears hear, that he knows the intent of man. He knows the very essence of man because he is the one who created us in the first place. We are his life breath. We were intimate with Christ before he ever breathed us out. And so we need to understand like when when we are when we are in uh, settings where there are, are people of, of all different walks, that our job is actually to put on the testimony of Jesus Christ and lay hold of the spirit of prophecy and look within that person the same way that Christ would and say, oh my gosh, I see him, right? I see Jesus in that person. That's actually our job is to reveal Christ in one another. And no matter what the confession of the person is, that person doesn't know. They just don't know. Bottom line, they just don't know. They don't know that they are a mountain of the Lord. They don't know that they are the Ark of the Covenant. They don't know that he has taken up residence in them. That's because it's our job to reveal him in them. Right? Oh, I love that. Verse 12. Put on therefore... As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, inward parts of compassion, kindness, lowliness, meekness, long-suffering, bearing one another and forgiving one another. If anyone should have a complaint against anyone, even as the Lord forgave you, so also should you forgive. And over all these things, put on love, which is the uniting bond of perfectness. <laughs> Don't you love that? 
And over all these things, put on love. That is the uniting bond of perfectedness. You want to bond with some people? Put on love. And let the peace of Christ arbitrate in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body. And be thankful. I like to I like to add lines to scripture sometimes. Be thankful for crying out loud, you know, because I'm dramatic. <laughs> You're one body. Could you please offer some thanksgiving? <laughs> Verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to God. This is something that that we've been talking about a lot also, especially in our Topeka meetings, where it's like, and this this was kind of highlighted in, in our encounter. See, I'm not against encounter. I love encounter, but it's just, what are we going to do with the encounter? And we we encountered God on Wednesday night. And um, let me just tell you a little bit about it. So um, we, we, we had a, a teaching and we had interaction and, and we had worship and it, it was, it was all very good. And then we had prayer. We were praying over someone who has a, a cold right now. And in that time, all of a sudden, and I kid you not, it was like beyond time for us to head back home and all of a sudden, I just felt this invitation to wait on the Lord. And I finally was like, okay, guys, I am not like trying to prolong this event. <laughs> but I just am feeling like God is wanting us to wait on him in this space. And um, and, and Pepper had spoke up and she's like, yeah, there is something. And, and so we just, we waited on him. And if I'm honest with you, Nothing was happening. We were just waiting. We just knew that there was an invitation out there. Did we have to take the invitation? No. But we are we are hungry. We want to we want to experience God. And sometimes that requires us to give up our routine and and time frames, right? We don't serve time. <laughs> um time time serves us. And so we waited and we waited. And we waited, and I don't know how long we waited before finally there was this breaking of the silence, of the waiting, where God manifested himself in such a unique way. And um, and I, I'm sure that everybody in the room could share their own encounter of, of how they experienced God in, in this moment, but I'm going to tell you mine. And, and I felt like... It, there, there are times when um, God is wanting us all to journey together. And I kind of feel like that's what was taking place. And um, I was taken to the, the, the very like peak of a mountain. I felt like I was standing on the, the top of a mountain and, um, and, and I was having a hard time, like, catching my breath in this space. And God just began to say, you know, I, I am, I'm stripping you bare. I am exposing you because where I want you is a thin place. The air is thin and you can't have all of this additional baggage. 
in this space because you won't be able to breathe in the right way if you have all this additional stuff along with you. And he just kept saying over and over again that this is a thin place. This is a thin place. And and we were encountering him. And usually when I'm encountering the Lord, there's heat involved, (laughs) But that was not this place. There was this cool air just swirling around me. And I don't like to be cold for those of you that don't know me well enough. I don't like to be cold. But this was other, okay? And there was something so refreshing about the cool air that was swirling in this space. And then Pepper breaks in with with this this word about the river that flows upward. And just as she was starting to say it, I had this picture of this, this river that was flowing up through this mountain. And I was like, and she she says it, you know, don't you just, I love community for this reason, (laughs) because we can all encounter the same space without any kind of a plan. And, um, and so, you know, then, then it was, I, it was, it was one of the most bizarre encounters you guys, because I I've ascended before, but I've never really felt myself descending (laughs) in the same encounter, but it was as if he just ushered us right back down to to this this familiar space of of creation where he's wanting us to release encounter and and he he said you know this i want to bring this thin place down 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 there is something so poetic about the way that he was speaking um this in this encounter that we were having with him and and i knew that things are going to be different from that point on because he, what he was what he was saying is and and this is you know it was the um I don't even know where I was but oh right here where it says that um teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing with grace in your hearts to God that he was like he said remember think back through history of the the old revivals, the the tent revivals, the outdoor spaces, and he was like, "You have leaned upon your systems of amplification." But it was like this question of like, how do you think their voices were amplified so that an entire town could hear them? And it's the same is true for like Jesus on the mount, right? Like thousands of people gathered to hear him speak. What? How does that happen? And I know that there are scholars that, you know, lay out this whole thing of like, well, he chose this location because of the the natural acoustics and whatnot. And I'm not negating that either. But here's the deal. If there is a voice that God wants his people to hear, he can amplify it. And so um, it, it's, it's just interesting to me because last Sunday, as we were praying before um, our service, um, God asked us to to shift this upcoming Sunday's service to um, to meet in a salon. And it still just makes me giggle, and uh, and we have access to a salon, so um, we we shifted and we asked really quick. We asked the owner, "Hey, um, any chance you'd be okay with us doing church at the salon this next Sunday?" And and I understood better at the end of this encounter why. 
he was asking us to do this. And our knee-jerk reaction in, 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 in answering the invitation to shift and meet at a different location was, how are we going to get a sound system set up? And, um, and so I know that, you know, after encountering him on Wednesday, that, that one of the things that, that he's wanting to pull out from underneath us is, um, is, is the way that, that we've always done church, the way that we think church has to be done, that we need, we need microphones and we need instruments and we need live streaming and, you know, all of these things. And, and, and those things are good. I'm not saying anything about them. I'm not dismissing them, but I, I think that, that God is, is wanting to show up in a way that will blow our ceremonial ways out of the water. You know, like there are, there are ritual ways that we do things. And, and I think that he's wanting to, to give fresh expression to the things that we're doing. And in the, in the simplest forms. And that was another thing that he said is I'm, I'm after simple purity. And so he's looking for a pure sound. And, and, you know, we've heard things about a new sound and for years now that's been prophesied a new sound. And, and it, it occurred to me that, you know, this new sound that he's after isn't, it's, it's not lyrical. It's not, um, it's not the, the music it's new spaces within us. So, He's taking us to the high places within ourselves to release new sounds. And and for us at Unedited Life, he was very clear when we were really leaning in and asking for um, direction for 2023 that, that he was clear. He's like, I'm writing your songs. I'm writing your teachings. I'm filling your mouth with with prayers. And um, so really, I know that the that, that, that scripture, you know, lean not on your own understanding and in all your ways, acknowledge me and I will make your path straight is really what he's after is, will we lean into him and stop relying on the, the, the ways that we've always done things, you know, the, um, the lights, the sound, the, the machines, the, and and I think that our, our fanfare has been directed toward production. I don't think that I know that. And um and and Jesus is asking for fanfare to be directed towards him. And it's for it's for our good, you know. It's not because he's he's egotistical and, and he needs praise. He knows who he is, right? Like God is solid in identity. He doesn't he doesn't need it, but he requires it because it shapes us. That is what takes us from glory to glory, from faith to faith. That's what brings the transformation of our minds is um, entering into spaces of worship, but we can't do it in the same old fashion that we've always done. And this is easier said than done. So before you think, oh, I got this, you know, don't, don't like redouble your efforts and, you know, pick yourself up by your bootstraps that's not what this is. Like you can't do this. That's the point. Don't lean on your understanding, lean on him. We have to become tools. We have to become instruments in his hands. He is weaponizing us in this season and it's all being done by his hands. And it's going to require that we give up reign over our body and allow him to do with it what he wants. We need to get possessed, okay? 
we really do. And, and I'm not just being silly saying that we, we need to be possessed. We need full on possession by Holy Spirit to accomplish the assignment for this next season. You know, we know he's not playing around. So let's take seriously worship, but let's not take us so seriously. Does that make sense? Because I think that that's where we get caught up in, in starting to judge ourselves. And, and Paul even says, you know, I don't even judge myself. So let's stop that. You have people in your life for that reason who are going to, to point out the things that, hey, why are you doing that? Like right now you are outside of yourself or you are at the base of the mountain or, hey, you need to, let's go. You know, you have people in your life that are supposed to be doing that. That's why we are a body. And um, you just need to keep moving forward and stop doing the, the self thing. You know, I'm not saying don't examine yourself because you should, but I'm just saying like, let's not fixate on on self. Let's just keep moving and trust that the people in your life are willing and able to, to prod you, to keep you moving and to keep your fire burning brightly. There's a, there's an old quote. I think it was Chris Volatin and I, I love it. I've loved it since, since he said it. Um, and I'm going to butcher it too, but the, the gist of it is that, you know, uh, we need to have people in our lives who are, who are not throwing water on the fire, but gasoline. And so who are the people in your life that know you through and through? They know the call and they know your, your, your vices. They know your hiding places and, and they can call you out. Who are you giving permission to? Because that's the only way that we're going to be able to, to accomplish, you know, verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to God. That's the only way we're going to do this. This is a union thing, a union activity. This isn't Angie alone in her own little corner of the world doing something. That's not the point. That actually goes against everything that Christ died for. So we, we need each other. We need each other. I, I need the song in you, right? So, um, oh, thank you. That's perfect. We need to hang around people that pour water on the fires of our fears and throw gasoline on the passions of our dreams. You see why it's so good? I did butcher that. <laughs> I just watered it down. Um, that is so, so good. We need um, we need the people that will pour the water on the fires of our fears. And um, so, uh, you know, I need those people. I have those people in my life and, and I'm, I'm thankful for, for those people that are willing to be that voice. And um, so anyway, uh, let me just, let me just pray for us. Ah, Father, we just thank you for the revelation of Ascension. We thank you for the revelation of, of this new worship that you're after. And, and we thank you that we are able to give you what you are so worthy of. And so God, I just ask that, that this revelation would just begin to burst open in each one of us, that, that we would be consumed with, with, with giving you what it is that you want, what it is that you're after, that we would have a hunger that is just growing inside of us for the things of the Lord. We, we want what you want, Jesus. Right now, we are choosing to side with you. We are throwing off the old man. We are throwing off those base mountain activities. And we are saying, I belong 
at the top of myself. I belong at the peak of myself. And we are green that we are the ark of your covenant, Jesus. That we house your glory and that we are glory dispensers. And that we will actively look for ways to dispense your glory. That we will not be those who seek encounter alone, but we will seek encounter to create experience for all of creation. God, we know that you have called us to create moments of transformation on the earth, and we are opting in on that right now. In Jesus' name, Jesus, we thank you for the call. We thank you for for calling us into partnership with you, and we thank you for making us willing and able. And Holy Spirit, right now, we just give you permission to possess us. Take the ground that we have not yet given up to you. Do it by force. Amen. All right, friends. I bless you. We'll talk soon. Hey, tune in on Sunday. We will be live from the main thing, salon and spa at 10 a.m. Talk to you later.